we have quorum, and it's after 5.30, so we're calling this meeting to order. Uh, we'll start with uh, attendance, just the roll call, if you wouldn't mind starting. Nicole Villanueva. Deanna Thoman. Frank Wagner. Kevin Boyd. Margaret Beck. Noah Stork. Christina Willow-Reynolds. All right, and then, um, yep, and we've got Carl Brown joining us as we speak, so. Um, great, all right, uh, any public discussion of anything not on the agenda? All right, seeing none, we'll move on to item D, Certificate of Appropriateness. The first one is for 1034 Burlington Street. Okay. So 1034 Burlington Street is in the College Hill Conservation District, located right here. Do you remember how my mouse is working? Uh, this is the house. It's basically a four square. We have a um, gable in the front with cornice returns. There's some little dormers on the sides. So here's the side view of the house. This has uh, synthetic siding and stuff. The project is the garage. Uh, this is a garage that we looked at with them about 18 months ago. It is an interesting construction because it's basically post and beam. It has some nice big timbers in that garage. And so because of that and um, because of the location of it and the fact that a new garage will have to be moved over just a little bit, we at first looked at the idea of repairing the garage. And um, we just didn't have any interested contractors and stuff like that So um, because it's not a typical stud frame construction at all. So in this case, they also decided to go ahead and do a two-car garage, but these are some pictures of the condition. There's a lot of the roof edge missing. It's been covered in multiple layers of um, asphalt shingle siding as well. Here you see. Inside, um, it would need a new floor as well. So it is located basically in this area of their lot, um, north, Burlington Street to the south. And so they will be replacing it with a two-car garage about this size. Uh, it will have two single-car doors. Um, the sketch that they gave us had just one door, so I put these big blocks in there to represent two single-car doors. Their application did also clearly state that they will put in two single-car doors. Uh, here is a plan view, again, with two doors. Uh, so far, it, there's the plan to have one small window on each side and a door on the back. Staff recommends um, allowing the, them the ability to add a window. Uh, often people want a window to actually see from their house into their garage, and in case they want to make that change, staff recommends uh, allowing that change. Um, and it would be, um, as I said in the staff report, It will follow the guidelines with small rectangular windows, single car overhead doors, a single passage door on the east side, um, south side, I mean, um, and lap siding uh, in a three to five inch lap, four inch trim around all the openings, and a freeze board at the top of the wall. Uh, it will have a hip roof, cement foundation, and parking pad inside architectural asphalt shingles, and all of these were stated in the application. So um, staff recommends approval, giving them the option to add an additional window on that south side. Um, 
with the conditions that two single car overhead doors are used, just to clarify since the drawing didn't show that, and that door and window product information will be submitted for review. Great, so just a reminder for the commission and folks here, the way, the way that we do this is after Jessica presents, we just kind of have the commission ask any kind of clarifying questions, maybe something they didn't understand, um, and then we'll open up the floor to uh, the applicant and then the other members of the public want to s speak on it and then we'll kind of close the public comment, get a motion on the table and then discuss among ourselves and then vote. So with that, any quick questions for Jessica, clarifying questions? Jessica, do, my, I did have one actually. Do we need to, do you, does staff or chair need to approve the, the actual, the, when you say doors, it's just door single here, do we need to approve the um, overhead doors? Yeah, we'll would, approve the overhead doors. Okay. So it would be doors. So we should say doors when we do the thing. Okay. Great. That was just a... Thank you. Thank you. All right. Any other quick questions? No. All right. Any members of the public or a property owner here that wants to... I don't think you guys nope. are here for this. Okay. Any members of the public? If not, let's get a motion on the floor, Commission. Wagner moves to approve a certificate of appropriateness for the project at 1034 Burlington Street as presented in the application with the option to add an additional window and with the following conditions. Two single car overhead doors are used. Doors and windows, window product information is submitted for review by staff. Vina, we have a second. All right, any discussion, any questions, anything? As I look at it, I think that door and window are grammatically correct because it's the information, not the multiple oh. doors or windows. That is out of the purview of the commission though, so I'll leave grammar <laughs> to the side. <laughs> Thank you. I just want to make sure we're clear to the applicant about our. Uh, I, I do appreciate a good <laughs> call. Out. All right. Yeah, this seems pretty straightforward. So, all right, we're ready to vote. All right, all in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries. All right, on to uh, 724 Ronald Street. Okay, 724 Ronald Street is in the Brown Street Historic District. Historically, this house is shown, was shown on the 1868 uh, bird's eye view of Iowa City. Just to give you a little background, here it is. Oops. At the time of the 1977 survey of the area, the house looked like this, and at that point in time, it was a contributing structure. Between that and uh, 2016, all of the exterior materials had been changed. There had been multiple additions. The front had been an addition. There was no front door. Uh, the entrance was off of a deck on the back. It was in poor condition and had no historic integrity. At that point in time, the commission changed the classification of the property from contributing to non-contributing. Since then, uh, it did deteriorate. The garages were taken down. Uh, neither of them were historic. And then the house was also taken down. And so now the project is um, new house for this property. And if you remember, I think, I can't remember if it was November or December right now, but um, last fall, the owners came to you kind of with a initial discussion of the lot and everything. Um, here you can see the lot. This is from the alley. We're looking south. Basically, the west property line is somewhere around uh, the relationship to this post. The east property line is uh, somewhere over here in the trees. 
here where we are at the street, looking north, uh, kind of along that property line as well. You can see here is where a curb cut was added at one point in time. One of the old garage uh, foundations is still there as well. Uh, let me look at this map first. And so the, the project, after the dis initial discussion last fall, um, it, it, it came down to the fact that the property will be divided in half at some point in time, but that is not the current project. Currently, we're working on the approval of the house that will sit in the um, uh, west half of the lot. As you can see, there are some sewer easements and other setback requirements uh, that bisect the lot, leaving even for the entire property just kind of this area up here for building. So on this west side, it's limited uh, to not very deep area. So we lo we're looking at um, styles in the neighborhood and after some working with the architect, it came down to the, the style that best fit what they were doing spatially and what they wanted to work with for a form was a vernacular form called the I house. Uh, here just happened to be two examples. Um, this one is around the corner. It's a brick version and we're not uh, building a brick house. We're building a, a frame house with a wood siding. Um, and here's an example of that on 515 East Davenport. This house was actually moved from 330 North Gilbert uh, really early. I can't remember right now, maybe in the 1920s. It's in the staff report. But both of these are examples of the style. You have a side gabled roof, um, two stories here. They can also be one and a half. Um, we have a symmetrical arrangement. Um, this one happens to just have an, an um, entry canopy um, this is not an original structure, but there's also no sign that there was ever a full front porch on this house. And so this one does have a full front porch. We know this is a reconstruction because the fact the house was moved. But these give you a good idea of that style. And it is a, a style that is found uh, a lot in the north side of, of Iowa City. So uh, the Revised drawings, we've worked through them uh, a couple times with the architect uh, we see here. So we have a two-story house with a side gable. We have the centered entrance. There'll be a half-light door, a couple panels below. Um, many houses of that I-house style have a two-over-two two window, but we are looking at a new construction here, and so staff really recommended we go with a simpler, just one-over-one. One. We're still working with a double hung, and it, it still fits the style, but not keeping to that detail of the two-over-two. Two. So we have a symmetrical arrangement of the windows, as you can see. Uh, this is the uh, east side of the house. Um, the stairs run up here, and we worked through multiple window arrangements with them on this side. And because of the the location of the stairs and wanting to get light in the in there, um, really the best place for a window was just up here in this uh, second floor. So there's a pair of windows. You can see that they've added a small porch on the uh, rear as well, and you can see how the entry canopy projects and it's. Um, carried on brackets. Another thing you can see here is that the uh, eave condition that we're looking at is 
um, I think it was pretty much around an 18 inch overhang on all four sides. Um, it'll will be an open soffit in this condition here. On the lower level, we have something that fits more like a, a, a cornice. So it's more of kind of a classical revival style. Having a hip roof on the uh, one-story section solves a few problems, especially with that rear section and the back porch. Um, we don't get into some awkward conditions with the roof. So staff really felt that having the hip roof on both of the one-story areas hits the house better. Uh, here's the rear elevation, and you can see that there is this one-story portion that projects uh, south a little bit. We found that uh, to get the spatial relationship of uh, in the plan, we needed a, uh, this one-story extension to the basic rectangular form of the house. The first iteration came back with that one-story portion on the front of the house and kind of a little inset porch, but um, we don't actually have um, a, a s architectural style in Iowa City where there's an enclosed one-story section in front of a two-story house. The closest thing that we would have is when a Tudor Revival structure, they tend to have cascading uh, gables coming out at you, and so you will have maybe an enclosed, or sometimes not even enclosed, little portico on the front, but we're not going with that style, and there aren't otherwise other styles that would have a one-story section. So we just flip the plan and put that one-story section on the back. It's very common to have a one-story um, kind of bump out on the, on the back of a two-story house. So um, the rest of that form is filled in with a little bit of an open porch, which frankly will be very nice looking out over that backyard. And um, you can see here that that uh, roof detail where it's a little bit more just like a cornice, which might be something more simple as well. It'll have uh, lap siding. I believe they want to use LP smart side. We have typical um, trim with the freeze board, corner boards, water table. Um, the foundation will be a concrete with a stucco treatment. Um, the windows will be either a wood or a metal clad wood. I'm assuming they'll want to go with a metal clad wood. Um, the passage doors could be either wood or um, fiberglass. There's one thing, they, there's some discussion about whether or not the roof will be an asphalt shingle or if it will be a metal roof. And uh, we do have uh, particular requirements for metal roofs that they have a flat panel and uh, we've also discussed that with the architects so any metal roof would be approved by staff and would also follow those um, requirements that it's a true flat panel so that's been understood as well um, here's the plan just in case you're curious the front door into the uh, living area and the kitchen with an eating area you have a, a full bath off to the side with um, uh, utilities here. Uh, you can go up the stairs into two bedrooms and a uh, partial bath on the second floor. And you have the porch out to the backyard as well. Here again is the uh, front ele elevation so that you can see. And then the recommended motion um, 
is the project is presented in the staff report. It has the condition uh, about the metal roof. And then, of course, uh, like the other project, the window and door product being submitted. Great. Any clarifying questions for Jessica? If not, we'll invite the property owner to come up and then the other members of the public. Just be sure to sign in for a minute taker, if you would, please. Will do. Thank you so much for your time tonight and for considering our project. I am Simon Andrew. I'm with the Housing Fellowship. We will be the owner and property manager of uh, this property. Um, it will be an affordable rental housing project, ultimately. Um, uh, the conditions for accepting the lot would that it would be rented to um, below 60% of area median income. Uh, most of our tenants fall uh, well below that, probably end up being below 30%. But um, myself, uh, in terms of operating and architect and general contractor here to answer any questions as well, um, we've been very pleased with and very grateful for Jessica and NDS staff for uh, working uh, through all these particulars with our um, architect. Uh, it is very unusual that we have the opportunity to um, be in a neighborhood, a historic neighborhood period, but um, especially on the north side in Iowa City. It's very exciting for us to be able to, um, to undertake this project. And again, as a reminder, it is uh, part of the student built uh, program uh, with the uh, Iowa City Community School District. And so also, you know, one of the um, big benefits to us is training that next generation of contractors who hopefully we will be hiring down the road. So um, also uh, the energy efficient home. So uh, get those students trained on kind of the next generation of uh, technology for uh, new homes. So um, happy to answer any questions and thank you again for your time. Do you have any questions? Any other members of the public want to speak? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, my name is James Carey. I live at 721 Brown Street, which would be can you go back to the slide that has the, um, the, the lot layout, please? I don't get further away, but you're back here. Okay. We can look at the map, too, right? Here. Yeah, yeah. So um, I can make this very short because I may have gotten this completely wrong. So I'm, I'm happy to be corrected and told everything's good. Uh, I was here for the first meeting that took place when the uh, city graciously sold it. I have no issues with, with the fellowship. I think the fellowship's great, and I think I said before when I was here, I think anything the students can do to learn a trade is amazing. Like I said, I had a lot of friends go through both. He's back in New York. Um, what they did say at the, when, when the city transferred the property was that two pro uh, well, we were here last time, obviously, they presented two different scenarios, one with the uh, house in the back, and then, of course, what's being presented now, which would be two properties on that lot. And I said at the time, well, what about one property? Um, and what, what was said at the original meeting was that was, and this is not verbatim, that it was feasible there could be two houses. So there's no requirement that there be two houses on this lot. Uh, and and what I didn't hear talked about was setbacks. Isn't there a setback requirement uh, where the houses are supposed to line up or there's some percentage that has to be taken into consideration? Yeah, that's part <coughs> of the zoning code and, and we have worked through that with them, yes. But. It's not part of the historic preservation review, though. It's part of the building permit review. So when that comes up, I have to reference, though, the, this committee's setback rules. Yeah, and I believe that um, 
Well, the, the setback rules for historic preservation are that they, we might not have any in this neighborhood. I'd have to check. There is a requirement, and did they use the setback averaging? Yeah, the building official confirmed that they are meeting the setback requirements with this particular design. So it is, even though the next door neighbor's 30 foot back? Yep. Okay. Yes. So will that come up again in zoning? Or has that already been clear? It has been decided the building official, Danielle Sitzman, is the one who reviews that and made that decision, that they do follow this setback. Okay, because this is going to be only 15 feet back, that small house. The house to the left of it, if you're staring at it, which is lot. 20 feet. Um, 20 feet back. Yeah, there's. Um, so just for the, the minute taker, we've got the architect clarifying that it's 20 feet back. In this drawing right here, we see the, uh, the, the property line. And from that property line, it's set back 15 feet. From the existing sidewalk, there's an additional 4.1 feet between the property line and the existing sidewalk. Okay, so I'll correct my statement then and say that 714 then is set back 34 feet. And that's 34 feet to the front porch. From there on, it's like another nine feet. It's almost 40 feet back to the house where the house comes up. And 714, if you look down that line of homes for that block of Rondell on the, what is it, the north, the north side, uh, that house is 714 is the closest house to the road. Um, when this goes on and that house is built, and I'm sure it'll be a lovely home, there's no question that that will stick out well beyond the house that is right next door to it. Um, and I understand why they did it, because you've got the easement that runs through the back. But that's not a hardship in this case, because one house could be built there shift it over and moved back and then get in line with the rest of the setbacks. So even if zoning okayed this, from a visual perspective, this house is going to look like it sticks out way in front of the house right next to it like that does. But that house will be now moved over to what, five, six feet next to that lot line. So I, I mean, I'm sorry, but I think it's gonna look like two houses were, were horse, uh, shoe, shoehorned into a single lot. And I don't think, I don't imagine it looking any other way. I understand the desire to expand this project. I understand the desire to have two projects for the kids to work on, the high school kids, and to up the amount of affordable housing. But, you know, I, I don't see how this fits into the recommendation. Um, I know we've been working very closely with the town, but I don't think if I brought this forward as an independent developer, I would probably get green lighted on this. Um, it's a one property, one house property. It was a one house property, and in my opinion, it should remain that way. Um, I guess you said that they've approved it. I, I thought they would have to ask for a waiver, and that might be part of this conversation. But um, I guess if it's done, it's done, and, and I got to look into that. But uh, I, I think there should be a deeper dive into that, because I think it's not going to look good, and that's my two cents. Thanks. Any other members of the public? Um, 
Sorry, and this might be too much information, but uh, the average setback for the um, neighboring properties as it was calculated by staff was 15 feet. Um, we could have asked for a waiver to go down as low as 10, but we did not. Um, we're not asking for any special exceptions or anything with uh, any of the zoning rules, so. Yeah, and Jessica, this is the, the setback. We have no, it's not. Yeah, the setback's not under the purview of the commission. We do have some districts with some requirements, but there's nothing specific that would be related here. And the code in, in a neighborhood like this requires that there's some setback averages. You, yeah. I, and it's been calculated by the building official as, as well. Um, Mr. Carey could reach out to the building official if he had any questions about it specifically. Okay, I should make sure that we're staying on our, yeah. our, our topic, so great. I'm the architect, Martha Norbeck, and um, Jessica, if you could go back to the uh, historic district, uh, black and white, yeah. Um, it is uh, the, a 45-foot lot and a 40-foot lot is a pretty common, and I imagine, Jessica, you know off the top of your head, uh, which ones to point out that, that fall in that 40-foot zone. There's quite a few. You can see there's quite a few narrow ones. Um, a 45-foot lot is actually standard, and the zoning does allow for a um, uh, as small as a 40-foot wide lot, and that is clearly stating it in the zoning uh, conditions for this specific neighborhood. And I will also point out that the house to the east is actually going to be uh, of, of the property, will, the 730, I believe, is the number, is actually going to have the same setback as the one that is proposed. Ha it already has, should I say, it already has that, and we will be matching that. The historic house was built on the property line. All right, any other members of the public? Team. Okay. All right, let's close the public portion and get a motion on the table so we can discuss. Are we ready? Brown, um, I'll move to approve a certificate of appropriateness for the project at 724 Ronald Street as presented in the staff report with the following conditions that any metal roof is approved by staff, window and door product information is approved by staff. Wagner, second. All right, discussion. <laughs> The, the one question I would have, and I don't know if now is the right time to ask it, but when you said that the Historic Commission has certain elements of setback that are part of historic preservation, just for my own awareness, what are those? Or, or if you know them and if you don't, we don't need to look for them right now. The only one I can think of off the top of my head is there's a weird setback requirement on Summit Street uh, that limits how far the building can extend into the rear yard. So it's it. like only 125 feet from the pavement back. You cannot add on to the house behind it. And that is a historic preservation only requirement. And it's there to preserve the openness. Okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. Comments, thoughts? I'm very excited about this project. I think it looks great. Very excited with the with the result. I'm excited to see it come together. Um, I think it's very common, you know, for properties his, historically. I know this is not going to be a historic. It's going to be an historic district, but not a historic house to have moved their house centered it on one side with the anticipation of selling it off. That happened to, to my lot, my neighbors. Um, 
eventually sold it to their son, and we have very we're very cozy neighbors. I think probably way cozier than you guys will will be. So um, I think it, it you know there's historic precedent in that as well, and and we can add density, and it looks like it fits and fills the neighborhood. So I'm and I think the design's exciting, and I'm excited about this broadly. So that's my thoughts. All right, we're ready for a vote. All right. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries. Thank you. Staff would like to note that they were great to work with, too. Thank you. Okay, sorry, getting my papers in order here. Um, next up, uh, 10 Bella Vista Place. Okay, 10 Bella, Bella Vista Place, same district um, up at this end. Uh, we have a really spectacular uh, bungalow gable roof, lots of details in the siding, um, just really a spectacular house. This is the front view, it faces uh, west over the bluff. Here's the side view, just so you can see kind of what's going on. There's a, a lot of siding details here. Uh, we have this projecting bay. This is some kind of sleeping porch configuration as well. And here it is from the back. And the project is uh, the garage again. And so we have um, the concrete structure garage set into the hill um, below the house and behind the house. Um, it's clearly deteriorated. It's small and cramped and um, difficult to get electrified in many reasons. I've been looking at this garage since 2017. Uh, so staff does recommend a, approval of demolition similar to the other one we had before. Um, and so here's just a couple other images. You can see that we have stairs that go up the side as well. Um, so the, the plan is to put another garage in the same location, but larger. So it would be a two-car garage instead. would also have stairs going up uh, the side. You know, there was some question about then, is it still a subterranean garage or not? But because of construction difficulties and just the, um, you know, having a subterranean structure like that, um, the owner was interested in having the uh, second floor above grade as well. Um, here's a plan view. Uh, we have two single car doors with the stairs going up. Um, and then the original design uh, was like this. So there was a hip roof in order to kind of minimize the height. Um, it had these windows that I believe were salvaged from another property, um, decorative passage door as well. And, and frankly, there were, there were, um, just a lot of this design that did not fit our guidelines for an outbuilding. It looked too much like a small ranch house in the backyard. Um, and when we were originally talking about the 724 Ronalds project, that was one of the issues with uh, one of their options was they wanted to have a secondary structure and not have it look like a garage or an outbuilding, but to have it look like another house. And, and that just is not something that fits within uh, historic preservation guidelines that we have and within our neighborhoods. So we were looking at trying to redesign this so it would just look more like uh, a carriage house. When we have a garage in our neighborhoods that is two stories, it's either a barn or a carriage house. And so that's kind of the direction we went. Um, 
we had been talking to the owner in the past. He had an interest in this kind of outbuilding design as well. That is another direction that that we could have gone, but the idea of, of having it really that whole 24 by 24 size, it was, it was just gonna be a, a too large. Um, so what we did, uh, there were a few years ago where we had um, a set of carriage house designs that we kind of tried to get just pre-approved um, so that if somebody you know didn't have to do a demolition and they wanted to build a garage only it was a two-story carriage house garage maybe it could be something that was a minor review and staff could approve it like a, a one-story garage is currently and so we presented this set of designs that we happen to have on hand to the commission but the commission wanted to make sure that something that is actually a two-story garage like a carriage house was approved by the commission but we still have those designs. And so what we did is just a quick Photoshop <laughs> of putting that design on the original drawing. So this is not finessed in any way, but uh, we basically have what would end up looking uh, sort of similar from um, the alleyway. You'd have the two single doors. This would be concrete, however, because we're still talking about that subterranean area. And then um, something that this one happens to have a gable roof, um, similar to the house. And this design on the sides also has a dormer, similar to the house. Now the owner had talked about the idea of maybe not having the dormers. We do have carriage houses in Iowa City that don't have dormers, that is a thing. Um, it reads more like a carriage house and fits the house with the dormers. In addition, that allows you to get some light in on those north and south sides because otherwise there would only be windows in the two gable ends. And so staff really does recommend that the dormers are included, but that would be something that would be up to the commission if they wanted to um, remove that. But otherwise, um, this shows you know, the basic carriage house design that we had, this happens to have a board and batten siding. Staff recommends giving them the option to use that if they like that. It does match the uh, kind of um, uh, vernacular farm building that they were looking at, but also to allow them to use a lap siding that would match the house as an alternative. Um, so um, staff re recommends approval of the project with um, the following conditions that the design is revised as shown in the mock-up or, or similar to the mock-up and that uh, door and window product information is approved by staff. Great. Any clarifying questions? If not, we'll open up the public. I don't know, Scott, if you want to, you're welcome to just, or not, but you're not obligated. Either one is fine. I really don't have anything to add on this, but since I have the floor, I wanted to take the opportunity to thank GT Carr for his hundreds of hours in working on this house. So, thank you. Great. Uh, great. Any other members of the public? <laughs> GT, do you want to come? <laughs> do you want to <laughs> add on to that? <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's close the public hearing and uh, get a motion on the floor. 
uh, Beck moves to approve a certificate of appropriateness for the project at 10 Bella Vista Place as presented in the staff report with the following conditions. The design is revised as shown in the mock-up and door and window product information is approved by staff. Well, Lou Reynolds seconds the motion. All right, discussion. Any questions, thoughts? So he able to keep chickens in this structure to <laughs> I like think that's a separate, separate permitting oh, process. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that seems like we're ready for our, a vote then. Uh, all right, <laughs> all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries, thank you. All right, this next item we are deferring. We, well, the yeah. owner has, sorry, Jessica, go ahead. <laughs> so I uh, sent you guys an email that I had made an error on the agenda, I totally put the wrong address on this project, and I was going to republish it, but um, the owner actually um, uh, wants to defer it until the next meeting, and staff heartily recommends approving that. Great, any concern with? Approving it to the next meeting? Deferring yeah, approve. approving the defer. Okay. <laughs> so we have a motion to defer. Yeah, you'd need to make a motion to defer and-, and Wagner moves to defer this one to the next meeting. 813 Ronald. 813 Ronald Street. 813 Ronald Street to the next meeting. Vienna, we have a second. Any discussion? All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Great, we have deferred. All right, item E, certificates issued by chair and staff. Okay, so um, we have a certificate of no material effect for this house uh, at 103 South Governor Street in the College Hill Conservation District. Not the front porch, but the side porch around the side. In fact, if you drive by right now, you notice that they're working on it. It, um, frankly, uh, was all rotted. And so they needed to also replace the piers. So. They are um, resetting the piers. Uh, this is really, except for the chimney, the only brick on the house. So uh, with brick piers, but we don't really care what brick they are. Um, these are not historic bricks either. The house was damaged in a tornado and certain things were rebuilt, including not putting brick piers in the front porch yet. Uh, but anyway, there's uh, rot in the floor, in the structure, in the columns, and the contractor was great about doing a very detailed drawing to illustrate how he was going to rebuild the columns in detail, and so we really appreciated that. Anyway, so we approved a certificate of no material effect to um, rework the floor and columns and stuff below the roof on this side porch. Um, 809 East Bloomington Street was just a simple, I'm going to install a generator, but that does require a mechanical permit, so we just say, where is it? It's going on the back side of the house, here's the front, it's going to go right here, and some equipment somehow connect in here, so we approved that. We had a uh, minor review, staff review. As you might have known, this house was for sale for a really long time. Um, and it really does look like this on the back. So they are going to be adding a stoop and step <laughs> and a patio on grade, um, basic stoop and step. Um, they are not setting it in from the corner because of certain other constraints and with a stoop and step we don't care. We've talked to them about the fact that a deck would have to be set in, um, but it doesn't matter. 
um, this little house, 1324 Muscatine. Unfortunately, at some point in time, uh, somewhat recently, there's a, a whole big dormer on the back of this on the second floor, and all four of the windows on the back were replaced with vinyl without approval. This one vinyl window was not functioning, and so we allowed them to replace that one vinyl window with another vinyl window. They've been notified that in the future when all the vinyl windows need to be replaced, that it will not be vinyl windows. And none of the rest are replaced, so. Um, intermediate review. This was also a very long, drawn-out project. I've been working with them for a couple of years on this. Um, the the steps failed and they replaced them, and then the railing failed and they replaced it. This house is in the Brown Street Historic District. It's obviously not a contributing house. It's a 1960s infill. It is super indicative of its style, and it's actually really a great, um, a great representative of the style. So they wanted to rebuild, there have been many options. They wanted to put the uh, tile um, cap that you see on parapet walls along the top of the retaining wall. They wanted to rebuild it with concrete, all sorts of things. And, and for a long time, the damage just appeared to be related to um, some freeze-thaw issues, uh, there wasn't much of a structural problem, and so we were going to have them rebuild just the broken parts and maybe coat the top layer of brick to prevent water from getting in there. And over time, it's failed more. We did have a uh, mason who's more experienced with architectural masonry of this kind of style who also recommended rebuilding it. So uh, we made sure they could find a brick match that is pretty good. It is not an exact match, and because of that, we suggested, and actually we wrote into the requirement that they save a certain number of the bricks that they take out for any repairs that need to happen to the house in the future. But we did determine that the brick matches well enough considering the fact that we have a house that's very orthogonal north-south, and we have retaining walls that are not orthogonal in any way. So the new walls will never catch the light in the same way as the house, and that slight difference should not be apparent. Uh, 640 South Lucas Street is um, re reworking the failing part of this rear porch. It was probably historic, but it's been altered a little bit. It had like beadboard sidewalls, and it'll have a typical railing instead. The roof will stay. Um, the piers match the foundation, so they will always do that. But the columns will actually become column-sized instead of 4x4 four four post size. So they'll be at least a true 6x6. Six and that's it. All right. Next up, the consideration of minutes from the from the February 9th meeting. Yeah. Any edits? If not, do we have a motion to approve the minutes? Thoman would like to approve the minutes from February 9th to 2023. Back seconds. All right. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right. We will approve the minutes. We have a 
We lost our minute taker, and so the minutes this time were actually much more thorough than normal. I, <laughs> I, I could tell. So, FYI, expect that in the future. All right, Rhonda, commission in information. Yeah, and uh, so we did have the appeal of the windows at um, 804 Iowa Avenue, and the city attorney wrote a memo um, about that, and she wanted to make sure that that got in a packet so that you guys would see that. I also had a memo, but mine was... Like, this is mine. <laughs> and so it was like many, many, many more pages. Uh, but we, um, the appeal was not granted or whatever, so uh, the ruling was upheld. And that's about it on that. Just, I was gonna, for our commissioners who may not be familiar, when we, we are a quasi judicial body, when we make a decision, it is final. And so when people are mostly final, when people appeal, the only grounds they can appeal on is if we did not follow our guidelines, right? So they can't, it's not a second look at it. And I think for conservation districts like this, it goes to the Board of Adjustments, and for historic districts, it goes to the City Council, I think is the way that happens. But they, the, they have a very narrow view of what they um, can look at. It's basically, were we arbitrary and capricious in our decision, or did we f follow our guidelines to the best that we, we could? So. Um, anyway, that's why it's obviously always important to follow our guidelines, but that's in this particular case, we were very, our, the city attorney was like basically told the, I mean, it, the, that memo was pretty straightforward. Like they followed the guidelines. You cannot overturn this essentially. So could you briefly remind me which property this was? I'm yeah, sorry. this was the Greek house and I oh, forgot okay. to put a picture in, but it was the one where they wanted to replace the only remaining historic windows that were on the first floor and wrapped around the sides because um, the upper level had been replaced before the district was formed. And um, the windows were in great condition, not even good. They, I mean, they need to replace, they should re-rope them because the, the ropes were painted and three ropes were broken. But otherwise, the windows were in great condition and they, clearly they had cared for them over time. It's just a good reminder to, as we're discussing issues, to make sure we're discussing things related to the guidelines. Questions are obviously fine all the time about trying to understand what is and isn't, but when we make our decisions, they shouldn't be about, we don't, obviously we don't regulate paint color anywhere, so you can't say I don't like that paint, I'm not approving. Things like that need yeah. to be, um, or I just, it's, I don't, personally care for it. Like we need to stick within our guidelines and as long as we do that, we're, we're in good, we're in good shape. So anyway, just one of the, um, board members actually, I, I can't quote him, but he basically pointed out something that I, I've been trying to say ever since to like everybody, because, you know, historic preservation, we're not trying to just create something that looks historic. It's not Disneyland. It's not Celebration Florida. It's not the peninsula. You know, we are trying to save the actual historic materials and the actual historic buildings. And so historic preservation is not taking the old things and replacing them with new things that look like them. You know, that's renovation or something like that. Now, if they are deteriorated, then yes, we would do that. But we don't just do that because we want something new. Our goal is saving the historic materials. And I was really impressed that uh, one of the board members knew that as well and pointed that out. 
All right. Any other comments on that while we're there? All right. The we need to have a, an awards committee because we need to pin down a location and a date. And we're going to lose four of you in June, unless those three of them reapply. So, and I do hope that those three do reapply. <laughs> the fourth we have to lose is Kevin, so. Anyway, so we do, we do need a, an awards committee. Um, what we'll do is, um, at some point that I have not determined yet, we will get together and look at potential awardees. Um, that committee will, uh, with assistance, write and or deliver elements of the awards ceremony. And it is our 40th annual. And so it is a year to celebrate. And uh, we do have a potential exciting different location that we would end up also talking about because we need to get that narrowed down if it's going to work out or not. So um, so do we have any volunteers? Jessica, remind us when the timeline uh, generally when were the awards last year last year they were in september okay. and with the potential location we've been talking about september as well great i just and, wanted to kind of give folks like this is a yeah it's like a three or four month process yeah. though that's yeah. why no, i'm not saying start. it's not but mm -hmm. it's a little bit of work over a few months and then yeah like a l little more work shortly before yeah in september there will be a little more work yeah. but not Tons. Yeah. Some of you were involved last year. I just wanted to give folks the, the, the we had a long yeah. timeline here. I was involved last year. I'd be glad to help again. Great. I'm also happy to help. Thank you. I'd like at least one more. Me too. Uh, and because it's the 40th, and if we do have a special location, we might just have others help with random <coughs> tasks as needed. I'll help till June 30th, Jessica. <laughs> Great. <laughs> How, I, maybe we can't discuss this, but when Kevin leaves, like, how do we replace Kevin? What happens there? Yeah, so uh, you, you know, his last meeting is going to be in June, and your first meeting will be in July with new people or whoever replaces have at Kevin. Least one. I'm, I'm an at-large member, so I represent. Okay. So just so most of our commissioners are, many of us are districted. I'm at-large, even though I live in a historic district. So it, it, the, we can get a new member from really anywhere in the city. So if you know of somebody who has interest that maybe doesn't live in a historic district but cares, yeah. you know, have them think about it. Because I've done two full terms and then a partial term. So, And I think, so Deanna and Frank are both on partial terms. And so they should easily be able to be reappointed. And then... Carl's up, I think, too. Right? Carl. Right. And is this your second term? No, it's my first term. So you should be easily reappointed as well. I do ask that you all uh, actually reapply by the deadline, put some thought into it, try. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you put it all in the email, and thank you. Yeah. The deadline is when? In that email. I don't think they post they haven't posted the no but they initially posted it with a deadline that was so much sooner than I thought I was panicky and so that's why I wanted to email you guys I don't think you can apply yet that no they posted that's why I haven't done it yeah, okay. Well, and, and you actually can apply ahead of time oh. because they will hold your application for a whole year. Oh, okay. 
So like if Frank didn't reapply for his at-large, well, for Kevin's at-large position, there are probably some applicants in the pool already from, I don't know, some time. Yeah, and I think maybe at a future meeting we can... Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Totally forgot to finish the answer to the question. So then it's probably best because you're not going to have a chair and vice chair who are brand new members. It might be best to do the vote for the who is the new chair and vice chair in, in June. Like the last agenda item. Yeah, the last agenda item. And, you know, if, if somebody's worried about that, I will assist you in any way that is needed. But, you know, I do communicate with Kevin. Anytime there's a chair and staff review, I call him or email him. Email him to call him. I talk to him briefly before each meeting. You know, in the beginning, before I published an agenda, I would definitely call him now. It depends. Uh, just because we've worked together for a long time. If there's something that's problematic, and even if I can approve it as staff, I might call him just to make sure, you know, that I'm not overstepping. And occasionally there could be the need for activities outside, but I don't know how much that actually comes up. So anyway, if you have any questions, somebody has to be the chair <laughs> so it will be I something don't wanna, where I, I mean jordan is our vice chair and i think has some I openness think, to serving as chair yeah i don't, I don't know wanna, for she's sure not if she here wants to and i don't want to speak for her yeah. but we have talked about it before. let's just vote for her now yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well and she was voted in as vice chair without being here and so that's then true. i just There's asked her if that was okay but and she said that's fine but she she's not entirely sure her mind could change i don't know so if anyone is interested we can talk about it if you feel the need some people need to campaign in advance and make sure they're going to be voted in and if they need to do that we can communicate about that as well yeah, it is a, it's, I mean, it, I, working with Jessica is my favorite part. Of, I mean, obviously, we're key, these meetings and meeting with you guys, but in terms of, like, city staff, Jessica's great, and I enjoy, you know, kind of chatting with her and thinking through the staff and chair, or if it's a thing we need to do. And usually, we just talk a little bit, either when we publish the agenda, or right before we publish the agenda, or shortly after, just to kind of talk through the agenda and make sure I kind of know what to anticipate for the meeting, you know, if there's going to be, it's like, are any of these applicants deeply upset or very excited, you know, just kind of get a sense of what the meeting might be like to um, kind of talk through things. Or, you know, like I asked at the beginning of the meeting, I knew that that um, applicant had been pulled. I was like, do we need to do this at the start of the meeting or do we do it at the time? And Jessica's always got the answers, so. And you keep her in check? What's that? <laughs> no, I think usually they, if, they she, I thought she was keeping you in check. That's usually how it goes, I think, is the real, the, the end, yeah. Either way. <laughs> so anyway, that'll come up. So yeah, I was thinking maybe there was just a chair out there and we, we hadn't met that person yet. Yeah, and you know, I guess it's possible that you yeah. can wait, but I think we're, I'm hoping that we only really have one new person and that new person's, unless they've been on the commission before, they're not gonna wanna step into the uh, leadership role, but maybe I'd be surprised. Anyway. But I think all of you are definitely qualified to do it. You might not think so, but we could do it. 
Yeah, I don't think that I thought I was ready when we did this. I was very nervous. No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) And as you can see, we rarely have an audience. Yeah. And we can be a little bit loose about it. Yeah, I think one of the things I tried to do is provide a little bit of structure because I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. when I was on the commission the first time, it felt like, what are we, just like we kind of were a yeah, little more open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah and yeah, I, I appreciate that. I think I it's worked too. well. Mm-hmm. You're very good at that. Yeah. Well, I, it, it, anyway, I, thanks. You got me for three more months. I'm not going away yet. <laughs> like, I mean, unless I'm like leaving the earth, you know. <laughs> but it looks like the location that's open then is at large, is that? Yeah, my, I'm at, you should be thinking about somebody. Anyone? Or I guess you said there might be applicants already in the pool. Well, right, but you know, we want to get people who first, if we can ever get anybody who's knowledgeable. So if we can get someone who is familiar with historic preservation, especially if we could get an architect or an engineer or a designer or somebody who has some technical knowledge, that's great. Um, well, don't we also have some of the districts are still open? Open, yeah. Like yeah Woodlawn's we, open. In addition, Street. we do have three other districts that have there's, spots. We I mean, technically have three more people up here. Yeah, yeah. it's a little. They're challenging because they're they're small districts, and so mm-hmm. you gotta. If no one in that small little area is interested, at, yeah. There's a few houses that turned over in Woodlawn, and so maybe we can get somebody up there. Um, But, you know, Jefferson Street, it's going to likely be a student and a a renter, and so if you're a professor, tell your students. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, in East College, it could go either way. I mean, we could get a property owner there, but it's just a block. I mean, it's a long block, but it's just the one block, so... But yeah, if you know of anyone that lives in the city of Iowa City and is 18, they can... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the at-large can live anywhere within city limits. The others have to live in their district. So, opportunity for some mm-hmm. someone from anywhere. Yeah. We can adjourn at yep. any time as, I, long, I, as I, soon I, as you make a... I just was going to get there. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Do you have a motion thought. to adjourn? <laughs> Thelman, motions to adjourn? Wagner second. All right, all in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? We are adjourned. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.